the Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hey there, Team Never Quit Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name is Andrew, joined today by the amazing Melanie Luttrell. We're doing things a bit different today because of coronavirus, obviously. So we're actually recording virtually 100 miles away from each other to do our part in social distancing. And we actually recorded this interview a few weeks back. So Melanie, why don't you tell them a little bit about who we've got on today? Hey, so today we have a group of Gold Star widows. Some of them are from Operation Red Wing. Some are from Extortion. But all of these ladies, the common thread is they all lost their husbands. All of them were Navy SEALs. And the bond that these women have is just incredible. And I've been able to have a little glimpse of their bond over the last 10 years. And they're just, they're incredible. I love these girls. Yeah, and it's a super amazing episode. Their stories are just so impactful, and it was a very emotional day, and I'm so glad that I got to be there for that. So before we jump in today's interview, though, got a Patreon question of the day like we always do, and it comes from Tina. And Melanie, you might be able to answer this one. She says, suggestions to binge watch on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I am addicted to the show Yellowstone. I think it's on paramount but i'm not 100 percent sure on that um it's got kevin costner it's so good so i'm a criminal mind junkie and a law and order svu i always think i'm some sort of investigator um so always those there's some great documentaries out i haven't seen tiger king but everybody is talking about it yeah <laughs> um what else <laughs> Andrew, some, you're a binge yeah, watcher. What do you yeah, think? I've been I've been binging a lot lately. Uh, Tiger King was weird. Uh, if you've not watched it, don't watch it with your kids. It's not a. It's not. It's not. It's pretty dark. Um, it was weird. It was real weird. Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime was really good, actually. Oh, but, I think Marcus likes that one. Oh my gosh! So Marcus and I are so hooked on this YouTube show right now called. Hot Ones. Oh, yeah. I love Hot Ones. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is so funny. And the funniest thing is Marcus can't handle super spicy because he gets these hiccups for days, like hiccups that come from within his diaphragm. And he can't (laughs) not like normal hiccups. But he, because of the show, he wants to try it so bad. And I'm like, babe, you can't. Because I tried them. I ordered all these hot sauces. Really? Wow. <laughs> and I tried them. I'm like, yeah, it's so funny. And here at the ranch during, we call it Camp Corona, I have everybody trying them. We're doing our own version of Hot Ones here. But that show, if you just need a good laugh, some of the shows are super inappropriate. 
but for the most part, they're really, really, really funny. So I highly recommend just for senseless. Yeah, just wasting laughter. time. Great yeah, laughter. It's yeah. A really good show. Yeah, just to wait. Yeah, just to get things, you know, get Corona off your mind, isolation off your mind. It's a really good laugh. Did you get to try the last dab sauce? How hot is it? I actually don't think the last dab is super hot. I think the worst one is uh, the, what's it called? Um, da Bomb. Oh, Da Bomb, yeah. I think yeah. it's like their sixth or seventh hot sauce. Yeah. So that one's the most disgusting. Um, <laughs> and it's just a very unfriendly hot. <laughs> but no that's a great show great concept of interview style and uh i love it and marcus loves it awesome tina thanks so much for asking your question if you guys want to ask your questions so that we can answer them on the show you can join us at patreon you're going to get exclusive access to behind the scenes content access to uh the patreon community where we get some cool cool swag for you guys and you get to get rare access to marcus morgan and all of our incredible guests you can join us at patreon.com slash team never quit all right let's get to these gold star wives all right guys so we have a special episode for you guys today we are joined by a group of ladies who are super special to us, and we're doing this live from the Lazy J Ranch, and today's special host, Melanie Luttrell. You guys are familiar with her. Melanie, I'll let you take it away. Hi. Okay, so we had a, um, a girls weekend, and I wanted to bring on some of our friends that all have never quit stories and live the never quit mentality and thought that it would be beneficial for everybody to hear from them. So if you just want to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Patsy. And um, my husband was part of Operation Red Wing with Marcus Luttrell. And we've got Cindy. Hi, Cindy Axelson, uh, surviving spouse of Matthew Axelson, um, also with um, Marcus on Operation Red Wings. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm a surviving spouse. I'm Donna. I'm also a surviving spouse. So we have a couple of other ladies. Not everybody has microphones, and we'll just pitch in here and there in this conversation. Um, Patsy, do you want to talk about what you're doing now to keep Danny's memory alive and how you, um, what you do with the foundation? Yeah. So when... I guess I was 23 when everything happened, so I was pretty young and, you know, getting ready to start life. Um, I just got out of the Navy, so I was starting that part of my life, and uh, Danny had just deployed, and then, you know, tragedy happened. And um, so I was kind of lost at that age and um, shock that something so suddenly was taken away from me. And I think that I just... I would say my team, like my, my never quit moment was then when I realized that, you know, he didn't have a chance to, you know, he was uh, 20, just turning 25, you know, so he didn't have a chance to live and uh, prolong his life. So it was my role to take now that and um, not quit for him because he didn't quit for us. 
And so I went to college, uh, finished that, and then I decided to, the best way to keep his memory going was to um, start a foundation, which is the Navy SEAL Denny Deeds Foundation, and uh, focus on not only the tier one guys that he so loved, um, but also the first responders. And I was inspired by what happened in 9-11 and how we not only have our military protecting us overseas, but we also have our heroes themselves helping us and making sure we're safe here in our country. So that was the focus of keeping um, Danny's legacy going, you know, um, focusing on the first responders and the tier one and also the surviving spouses. Uh, Me being one, it was important to make sure that... um, you know, my best friends are all surviving spouses. Like I said, I was 23, so I was alone suddenly, and um, a lot of the women surrounded me in the SEAL community. And um, sadly, because it's such a small community, slowly a lot of those women who had husbands would go out to war and fight the war that Danny left behind, and they also started losing their husbands. And so it... it um, it kind of, you know, in a weird way, um, that loss bonded a lot of these women to where they've become my best friends for a lot of them for over 20 years. And we're still going strong. And um, it's incredible when you put such powerful people that have gone through such loss, how strong they are and how they can make changes and better better the world, you know, um, in, in their own little way. You know, you don't have to do nothing crazy. It's just the, the, you know, just standing in a room with these women, it's incredible. It really is. And so I learned from them, they learn from me, and we just power through and honor our men. And, um, and I think the main focus is we love our country and uh, what they fought for. So For sure. But I think the best part of this sisterhood that y'all have formed is – all the funny times. And I mean, it's like a sorority that that should have never happened, but it has happened mm-hmm. and you make it light and you make it, you know, fun. And it's not, when y'all are all together, it's not just about sadness and reflection. It's like moving forward and how you can make a difference and how you can change the world. And you are, all of you are tangibly changing the world. Some of, I, you know, ironically, some of the Funny stories usually happen in our lowest moment, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's not funny at the time, but then when you reflect some of the stuff that happens, it, because it's raw, you know, it, it's raw emotions and you go through, you put yourself in such vulnerable situations that mm-hmm. it's unimaginable for a regular person to think about. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, you can't really relate to what happened, you know, and so a lot of funny stories come out of that, ironically, and, um and it's just great because we you, we can relate. You know, you and me were talking in the in, in, in the ATV or Gator, and we were talking about like how, you know, there's something about being with men like the this that we can relate to each other mm-hmm. because we go through so much that most people can comprehend what we go through behind the doors. You know, and um, and um, so when you lose a husband and a loved one, it it's that's what bonds us because we get it and what we're going through and all the stages of grieving. And, but like you said, it's not always sadness. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there is light at the end of the tunnel and, um, it, it takes time, you know, but with a good support group and just realizing and looking ahead and putting all that sadness into something positive, um, 
you can conquer the world, really. And like I said, my drive and my never quit moment was realizing that now I was alone and I could I had two choices, either to give up and just stay in my room or get up and live for him. Yeah. And I chose to live for him. So Yeah, and he would be so proud of you for what you're doing and now you've got, you know, beautiful kids and such a you know, you're living the life that that was intended mm-hmm. for you. And that's awesome. Um and we can cut this part out if you want to. I'm just saying that just in case. But um we know Patsy from a previous episode. <laughs> if you listen to the DJ episode that does the tribe skates, that is Patsy's husband. <laughs> he is carrying that torch, and um, he's so funny. And everything that we heard about Patsy on that uh, episode was just, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. I'm glad everybody enjoyed that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very proud cool. of that podcast, especially at the end. Could you shave? so funny. <laughs> Do you have any funny stories you want to tell about Patsy? <laughs> Me? Oh. <laughs> I have plenty. I have plenty. So, um, Danny and my husband were good friends and I actually knew Danny before Patsy and Danny would tell us how awesome Patsy was. And he's like, you've got to meet my girlfriend. She's so amazing. You guys are going to be best friends. And so he decided to take us to MacArthur mall in Virginia beach and introduce us. We met outside of a J crew store, which I'm pretty sure I was shopping at and (laughs) Up comes this girl with little Timberland boots, black eyeliner as lip liner, and a crop shirt. And bottom jeans. And she I was going is, through a face, everyone. I do not dress like that right now. And she is she's Spanish from from Miami. And so this is who I meet. And I am from Montana. So we, they're like, you guys are going to be best friends, best friends. And we, um, she looked at me and gave me this like, oh, I don't know who you are, but we are not going to click. <laughs> then about a week later, she rolled up in her little Nissan Sentra with the um, little hubcaps from Walmart, the little shiny hubcaps. <laughs> and um, at the New Year's party, she refused to come in because there was like drunk people. And she... I, was didn't, it, I did not drink. I didn't, I was no. a good girl. I was no, she really was a very good, good girl. <laughs> Just dressed like a, a wild person the, from my like, crazy person um, from Miami. And um, so I went out there and I put some beads on her neck and I was like, you have to come in. We need to be best friends. And Clearly she was drunk. Apparently I had a little bit too much to drink. And she came in and ever since we've yeah, been Yeah, we've been best, best friends. It's been over 20 years that we've been best friends. And my style has changed and evolved. <laughs> and, uh, I'm more of her style. So we I'm, click now. Um, I actually went through Jake that phase in the 90s. I, I mean, did everybody too. Everybody goes through an awkward stage now, in the I 90s. I wore the Timberland boots and like the hill figure. Oh, she you had know, like whatever. the tagged jeans, like where you pin them over and you roll them up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. 
And but it was so funny that our boys were right that you guys that we'd be best friends. Oh, mm. that's sweet. Yeah. So, so fun. Yeah. Anybody else want to, Cindy, do you want to tell your story? Uh, let's see. Um, or what, of what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say, um, since 2005, you know, I had a, a tough time. Um, like, you know, we, we all do trying to figure out what our next, what we're going to do next. You know, you're just trying to figure everything out. You're young and what you thought your life was going to be like is now is, is no longer. So, you know, I tried all these different schools. I said, okay, I sat down and everyone's like, hey, well, what would, what if, if, you know, you have this opportunity now to like take some time and, and figure out like who you are and what you want to do. And, um, you know, trying to look at the positive of this, you know, and I don't know. And so, um, so different schools, different jobs, um, and I don't think it was about till about 10 years later, I was uh, working, you know, I got big into CrossFit that kind of started at that time um, around 2005. And um, so I was a coach and I really loved, you know, coaching people, helping people. And, um, but it got about 10 years later and, you know, I'd done other things too and gone to different schools, um, but always came back to coaching. But then I was you know, at the gym, and I, I, I liked it. I was in Northern California, and life was, life was, life was okay, you know? I, I felt like, you know, I, I came out on the other side. I, I, I was happy. Um, I could, like, truly say, like, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm okay. Like, like, life is good. But I felt like there was more that I could do and that I wanted to do and more people that I wanted to help. So I you know, I talked to my parents about it. I was kind of in this place, like, I don't know what to do. And they, you know, and, um, they're like, well, is there someone you can talk to? And I'm like, well, I'm talking to you guys about it, you know? And, um, and so I just decided that, you know, I'm good. I, I, I want to move back down to San Diego. Um, I spent years trying to get back down there. Cause I, I remember, you know, it was such a happy place, um, for Matt and I and, and, um, I thought, you know, I, I want to go back down there and I want to see if there's something down there that I can do. Uh, maybe it's like reconnecting with, uh, you know, Naval Special Warfare. Um, I, I just didn't really have any idea. But the community down there is amazing. They never forget. They will support you. And I basically gave, I, I started sending out my resume um, to people in the community and they, you know, knew, um, retired guys that were in that, that were now out that um, were like, hey, just, you know, send it to us. And it like spread like wildfire down there. It was it was awesome to see. Like people would get it from two different people, you know, and they were just like, can you guys help her out? And um, so so it was actually through another gold star that I actually started working for a foundation um, you know, supporting veterans and gold star. And, um, so that was, I was like, okay, I think this is, I think this is, you know, what I want to be doing. And, um, six months later, I got a, another opportunity to work actually for the SEAL Family Foundation that supports, uh, the active duty, uh, families of Naval Special Warfare. And I thought it was just a little bit of a better fit. Um, and so I got into the role and I was like, okay, I think this is what I, what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it was now, you know, now we're looking at like 12 years later and I felt that 
through my experience, through knowing all of you ladies, um, it was it was my time to give back and to try to um, help out, you know, all the other girls that are, you know, unfortunately our, our Gold Star community grew and um, was hopefully there to offer some sort of help, some guidance, some support. Um, and I don't think I could have done that without having all of you from the very beginning um, just there and seeing everybody in their own grieving process and, and, um, and learning from everybody um, and kind of taking all that and being able to, you know, be in the position that I am today and um, really able to help, you know, the, the active duty family still um, and then also our Gold Star community. So that's that's the like it, it's just amazing how, you know, it's unfortunate when one of our love, you know, a friend of ours or one of the girls lose their husbands. Um, like, again, it's such a small community that you end up knowing somebody that knows somebody or, you know, the person, you know, personally. But when you, when you see them, they're in such pain and you're in a different stage of your grieving process that you look at them and you just want to hug them and tell them like, you're going to be fine. I promise you. And it just but they're not time. at that stage, you know, and, and you just want to take all that pain and just remove it and move them where you're at now. Um, but you just can't. And, and um, so what we do, all of us, is just we're literally a blanket of comfort and we're just there. And when we say we're there, we're literally there, you know, um, as soon as we hear the phones pinging and we know it's one of somebody that we know or somebody that we doesn't even matter if we we don't know. We're literally right there at at moments call. You well, know? the community is so small. It's like a one degree of separation. Mm-hmm. If you don't know them personally, one of your friends is going to know them. And it's I feel like that's across the board in the community. It's always one degree of separation. So even if you're not in the military, I know maybe some of your listeners are not in the military, but they maybe they've lost a loved one. You know. Um, and maybe they don't have the structure that we do in, in our military community, you know. But I, I would definitely tell them that I know that they're in a really, you know, if they just lost and it seems like life is just not going to get better, that there's no way they can continue. Um, I, I promise them that with time that that pain will will would turn into something different and will evolve and, and grow into something different. Um, and that will slowly find a purpose, you know, to, to put all that pain into something good, you know, and that's what they have to do. Just be strong and have that never quit moment, you know, right. Pushing through. Yeah. I mean, it, it can actually turn into a beautiful thing if you let nature take its course and you go through the grieving process and you, it's going to be, painful and you're going to feel that. But if you allow it and you embrace the people that are trying to comfort you, it can actually turn into, I've only learned that from watching y'all, you know, and it's, it's really neat, um, to see that something beautiful can happen after tragedy. I know that a lot of times at our, you know, get togethers with Gold Star, um, some of the newer spouses will, um, (laughs) Will will comment on how, you know, they'll see us laughing and telling jokes and just having a good time and smiling again, and it is um, encouraging for them to to see that, you know, and know that there's hope that like we'll, we'll be able to smile again, we'll be happy again. Yeah. 
So can you tell us what the Navy SEAL, um, what your foundation does? Uh, the, fam- the, the SEAL Family Foundation. SEAL Family Foundation. Um, we, like I said, we support the active duty, uh, more of the active duty side. We have um, three main pillars of support, the families, um, the warriors, and the Gold Star families. Um, so we have several programs that fall under each pillar. Um, and... You know, we're, we're a smaller organization, but we're just there to help. Um, you know, I think because we are smaller, we um, are very uh, nimble and we can, we act really quick and respond quickly. Um, you know, usually within, you know, an hour to 24 hours, depending on, um, you know, on what's on the circumstance. So, um, well, and we, um, for our listeners out there, you've, if you've heard the episode with Tiggs um, and her daughter Lulu, she actually mentioned Cindy in that episode and how the SEAL Family Foundation really helped her out in a situation that isn't, you know, from... The norm. Yeah, it was totally out of the norm because this wasn't... Lulu wasn't dead yet, mm-hmm. you know? She, it wasn't like there was a death that happened and she, we needed, you know, she needed someone to come in and help right then. It was... She was dying. Yeah, she, it was a two. Y'all like were a two there year, yeah. through that whole process mm-hmm. of this. Hor- I mean, no one wants to see their child no sick like no. that. I mean, it's just it's so horrible. But y'all were there to help with little things and big things at the same time. Mm-hmm. That it really they could focus on her yeah. and their other kid. Yeah, and Amy being Amy, even when I when I first met her. Um, she, you know, I actually met her at one of our events. She was actually a volunteer and, you know, she was there because she knew how much, you know, we were supporting her. Cause I came in after, um, uh, I came in my, the program director before me is the one who first started working with Amy and her family. And then I came in. And so the first time I met Amy was at, um, a fundraising event, one of ours that she was there volunteering and then it came, you know, around 10 o'clock came at night and she's like, Hey, I, you know, is it okay if I go? Cause I have to go relieve somebody else at the hospital, you know? And so she was doing the night shift, but yeah. like Amy always made sure that like she knew the support she was getting and she just didn't sit back and, and let everyone do everything, you know, mm-hmm. just Amy being Amy, um, the amazing person she is. And she was like, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to let people know, you know, that, you know, the support that I'm getting and yeah, it's just is awesome. You yeah. know, even though she was so busy and dealing with her own stuff, you know, mm-hmm. she was able to see like the big picture and, and well, and it was probably therapeutic for her to, be around other people and feeling like she's helping others when she was receiving so much help at that yeah, time. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think, Melanie, as we start to um, grow in our new life, like Patsy said, we, we're finding purpose in our pain. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, to give back to our community and to give back to the community at large. I was getting so much by giving, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to be there for other people in need was actually helping me heal. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, volunteering, um, for, uh, Patsy's foundation, um, coming together every year here in Houston and just seeing the patriotism, mm-hmm. um, that this city has was so healing. And in, in turn, I was giving and receiving, 
Um, and then as the years progressed and I felt like I was growing stronger, I was e able to give back in other aspects, you know, by different foundations um, and helping other widows in their grief journey. And Patsy and I knew each other before the tragedy. Um, and I just, I, I remember it, you know, have, getting the news and hearing that not only Patsy, but so many of my girlfriends were going to hear the worst news of their life. And knowing that there were so many people that I needed to go love and support because they meant so much to me. And I wanted them to know that we were going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and then three years later to it happening to me. And, you know, Patsy helping me pick out coffins. Life doesn't prepare you for those things. Mm -hmm. And... You know, three years later, to your girlfriends that were there supporting you, then it happens to them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've barely gotten your backbone back intact. And now you're going to their houses to help them pick out coffins and mm -hmm. um, making sure that we're doing everything to honor these men and women that gave up their tomorrows so that we can have our todays. Mm -hmm. And I think in this country, we have so many patriots. And it's so heartwarming because sometimes I don't feel like our media shows the true spirit of this country. And when tragedy hits and these men gave everything, you get to see what it means to be an American. And you wake up every day, and no matter how much it hurts and how difficult it is, you come together and you honor these men and women by putting one foot in front of the other and being there for one another. Because that is the true spirit of these men, these women that gave everything in our country. Mm -hmm. And it gives me great pride to wake up every morning surrounded by these incredible women that have now become my family. And we stand tall in their memory. And we're not only there for one another, but we're there for the rest of this country just like they were there for us. And I'm so proud that you had us here today to share that. And we just love you so much, Melanie. Oh, my gosh. If anybody has had the chance to even be in the same room as you, or even sit next to you, they, like, you're a gem. You oh, really are. Like, oh my gosh. Um, it, it's, it's crazy because, again, you were brought into this world, you know, like into this whole mm -hmm. chaotic, crazy war of ours, you know, uh, by marrying Marcus, you know. Um, and so, you, you know, you had no idea what you were getting into and you put your boots up and you laced them up and you went on, you know, and it's just awesome to see that, you know. Um, but then when you get to meet you, it's, I mean, we really, truly love you. Like, and we, and it's crazy because. Ball my eyes out. Oh my gosh, how did this <laughs> I mean, it's me. we, we truly love you. Like, you just have the biggest heart, uh, probably, that I've ever uh, encountered. Like, just. For sure. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, yes. For sure. I, 
It's 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 really uh, like that's the person that we're talking about, like the heartwarming, like yeah, you know, our husbands weren't you know, didn't die in vain because there's people like you that care about us. There's mm-hmm. people like you that care about our military. There's people like you that care about our country. Mm-hmm. And so we, we know there's a lot of people like you out there. And mm-hmm. like she said, you know, it's, it's unfortunate where we at now in, in live with the media, with the negativism, like everything. It's just, it's very frustrating for us when we see, you know, we were talking about the state of union, not to get into political stuff, but when you sit there and you're watching people get in honor, um, you know, that soldier coming back and, and you know, that feeling that she's feeling, you know, like, and those kids are probably feeling, you know, that they haven't seen their dad and, and you're just, you're there with them. And then you see how disrespectful some people are about that and not caring. It's because they're so like detached from reality, you know, mm-hmm. like this is our reality. You know, uh, there is wars, even though it's, if it's not on TV, there is bad people out there trying to yeah. hurt us every single day and guess who go out there to make sure that they don't come here yeah our, our guys our women you know like they're mm-hmm. out there and so it, it's it's just heartwarming to find people like you and we don't take you ever for granted like we love you we oh, truly do yeah. because yeah. it um you you are amazing you you really are and we we spread the word in our community <laughs> <laughs> like all the time we're like you know talking about melanie this and you know, because, you know, a lot of people don't get to meet you. Mm-hmm. You know, they hear about you, but they don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so we make sure that everybody knows who Melanie the Trill is. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we told Marcus. Last Best thing to happen, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did tell Marcus. Yeah. I'm like, we've, you know, not, we've never heard anything bad about you, but we're like, uh, we're pretty much her bodyguards. Like, if somebody ever said anything <laughs> negative about her, we correct them right there in the spot. Oh my you know, gosh. like we don't play around. We're, we're well, like, that you has know. happened before. So <laughs> we don't have to get into that, but that <laughs> has happened once, and um, I did feel loved by all of y'all. Oh, um, so and I, I always say, like, I'm not, I'm not a, a um, like part of the sisterhood because I wasn't married to Marcus when he was in. But I have felt so welcome and I feel part of like, like I'm looking into a glass bowl of the sisterhood. And I, it, that, just being that close makes me extremely proud. And, um, and I do feel loved. And, uh, and I mean, ever since I met all of y'all, I've felt super loved. And, um, and I love when y'all come for Memorial Day. I mean, even though the, I'm just lucky that I live here and I get to see y'all um, for the Danny Dietz Memorial Roping every year. I mean, it's been going on since. Oh my God! It, it was a long time. Yeah, twelve years. Um, we used to put the auction. Sheets I think down it was 2009 <laughs> or 2010 when it started. I mean, it's been a long time. It's been, it's been 11 years or 12 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. I met Marcus in 2010, and y'all were doing the roping in College Station. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. first year. Mm-hmm. And it was yep. um, the Lone Survivor Foundation Gala, the very first one, was that same weekend. And That's so right. we didn't end up making it up there, but we made it to the next one. And, um, and I remember, like, 
And when I first met him, I had no idea who everybody was. And it was all very overwhelming. Um, And I remember him saying, we need to get up to College Station. But there was people in town that needed, you know, to do stuff with him. And I'm like, how are we going to do all these different things? And as life unraveled over the next few years, we managed to do a lot of different things. And um, and they're all important because it represents the community, you know, doing the, the roping every year, doing the galas, doing all that kind of stuff. It does get tiring, but it's important to have that web, that community, and and show that, you know, no matter how many years go by, we're always still supporting that. I don't think we might have missed one year since then. I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause it, I mean, you guys have been coming every year. Yeah. So, and we've been loving it. And we have we really definitely have. have had some good times and bad. I mean, Marcus has gone through lots of different phases yeah. during, I mean, he's gone through this process since I've met him that, um, and that was five years afterwards, but he's gone through a healing process, you know, through this. So, um, it's been, it's been something, you know, just to see how everyone has healed and grown and, um, grown together through all of this. And, um, I love y'all. We we love you too, Melanie. Yeah, we always tell Marcus, you know, a lot of people, want to hang out with him or meet him or whatnot. And we're like, no. <laughs> you know, he Have you came met Melanie? By and, and gave <laughs> us water wife. yesterday. And we're like, yeah, we're just excited to be here to see Melanie. And <laughs> if you could just cook us dinner, that would be great. Yeah. If you could get behind the grill and just cook us some dinner, that's what we care about. Yeah. Just keep that bacon coming that we all yeah. love. Yeah. We just want to hang out with Melanie. <laughs> he loves cooking for y'all. He wants to be in the back, you know, in the shadows and just... And we love it. Sir, yeah, no, which is awesome. We're like, yeah. I mean, we're loving this. Yeah, we're, it. we're also it's, a lot to take in because we usually all talk at the same time. Yeah. I know. We're, we're doing laughing pretty good or cussing. We've done very well at the cussing, so yeah. we're doing a pretty good job right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still early in the day. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything anybody else wants to share? So what would you say um, – to somebody like for never quit inspiration if you could say something i so the word something that comes to mind for me is gratitude like yeah. every day just finding gratitude in in the day something about you know in your day um i try to you know do it in the morning or at night just whenever i can remember um so even if you are having the hardest day or going through a tough time just trying to find one thing one thing that's good you know that's ha- that that you can find positive um, in that day and, you know, hope that it, it, it helps. Well, and that said, like, I remember when I was going through a hard time, someone told me 60 seconds of unhappiness is a minute of happiness taken out of your life a day, you know? And so that was always something I just always remembered. I try, like when I'm having a rough day, again, with anything in life, I always remember that Somewhere in the world, there's somebody that has it worse than me, you know? So I don't have a right to complain or quit or anything because I know there's somebody in a worse situation than I am, you know? When, when imaginable situations that are going on around the world. So I, I try to um, think about that and be like, okay, you know, 
it could be worse and, and, and try to inspire my day to do better, you know, so I'm pushed through. I just, for me, when I'm getting to like that negative in my head, I've just always remember to just breathe in positivity and exhale the negativity and just don't let it come in. Just really, truly try to keep it out because if you let it in, it can take over. And so I just always try to just breathe in the positivity and just let out the, the negativity. I think what Cindy said, I found this gratitude journal on Amazon and it has like three lines for each day to write down three things. And it's the whole thing of writing it down versus just like thinking it in your head because are you really going to remember that at the end of the day? It's like $6 on Amazon. We, you, yeah. we actually made our own and we do it at dinner each night. Everyone so writes do we. it down. Mm. And we talk about our rose and our thorn of the yes. day. But it's most like a rose. It's, yeah. it's hard to really sit and feel sorry for yourself when you're taking the time to write down things that you're grateful for. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just starting small, yes. right? It's like I got out of bed today and went to the gym or yeah. I whatever, showed up but to you work woke on up. time. Yes. You woke up you got today up. and you got this day and you don't want to waste it. I think for me, just being grounded in my faith, mm-hmm. my faith in God my faith in my family and friends and myself um, and just staying true to that regardless of what life brings. Mm -hmm. That's good. I have to have that too. I have to balance is always my word, like balance with my faith and my, you know, trying to remain positive and um, balance is kind of my key word of, my prayer my prayers every morning just please lord give me balance and peace that's good okay so last weekend marcus and i totally stepped outside of our comfort zone and we went to a marriage retreat <laughs> and i never thought we would do that but we had How a was guy it? on um we had a guy on our podcast victor marks and we really connected with him just by interviewing him we had never met him before and we stayed in touch after the podcast, and he was host, him and his wife were hosting this um, marriage retreat in East Texas, and we're like, let's let's go, you know. And we went. It was really interesting. Um, I never thought in my lifetime I would go to something like that, but um, it was neat. But it, part of it, um, they separated us. Like they separated men in one room and women in another. And one of the things that, and his wife was leading the women part, and his wife asked the room, um, which was just all women, do you know what your value is? And I thought that was such an interesting question, and I happened to be the only one that raised my hand. And I, at first, I'm like, oh, shit, did I not hear her wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you get that feeling that you did something wrong. Because uh-huh. like, nobody else is doing it. Yeah, you're like, like oh, I answered the you? wrong question. Like, you know? oh. I'm like, oh, did I just say something embarrassing? Yeah, I'm like, wait, I'm pretty sure she asked, do you know what your value is? And I mean, I, to me, like knowing your value is kind of just knowing who you are. And, and I... Afterwards, like she continued to talk or whatever, and she came back and she said, you were the only one that raised your hand about knowing your value. How do you know your value? And I was like, well, I've always known my value. I don't always live up to my value. I mean, I make mistakes every day, but 
I know who I am and I know my worth. Um, and I love myself and I know that God loves me. I have a very good connection with my faith. And um, she said, well, a lot of people need to hear it. You know, do you hear it every day? And I said, well, I do, but I knew my value before I heard it every day. Like, I don't need someone to tell me what I'm worth. It comes from inside. And that's, I wanted to ask y'all, like, if someone asked you, do you know your value? What would you say to that? Because I, I would like, say absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I also yourself. think when the guys were alive, they appreciated the, our value because we held down the fort while they're off doing their thing. And they could be away knowing everything was running smoothly. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't, we were going to figure it out. And, you know, we're the girls out there mowing the lawn, taking out the trash. We're maybe some people that don't have someone deployed have never done those things. So it kind of gives you this sense of, I don't know, empowerment and that you can still run your household. And we're doing it still despite our losses and um, carrying on because that's what they would expect of us. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I did that. You know, yeah, I went and fixed this. And yeah, I... I can show Power you how washed. to do it. Well, I, can can. <laughs> I even put my initials in the cement. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that was just an interesting thing. That was out of the whole weekend. That's what I took away. I was so bothered. Like, how do, how do all these women not know? It's kind of sad. Their mm-hmm. value. It was very sad. Mm-hmm. I walked away sad from that, thinking, gosh, how do you... But I think it's also the who you surround yourself with too. And I, like, I attribute mine to my foundation of my parents, you yeah, know, just growing up in a really strong, loving family. Household. And, you know, my parents just, you know, loving and supporting us. And you just kind of, I, I know, I, I actually know a lot of people who didn't grow up that way. And so they do have a lot of like insecurities, insecurities and, and, and yeah. issues that, um, they don't have that self-confidence or that self-worth um, where, I, where, you know, they wouldn't raise their hand. Mm-hmm. So, um, and... Uh, so and how do we help, help women like that? Next to you, you know, like a good husband. You tell them to partner. find good friends. I mean, surround yourself with, like, people that are going to lift you up, not bring you down. And like-minded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's key. Yeah. If, that can definitely and, be and words are powerful. Your thoughts and your words are extremely powerful and when you learn to navigate your thoughts and your words and use those to your better good, mm-hmm. your life will turn mm-hmm. because we're all going to face tragedy in this lifetime. We're all going to face pain. And how we deal with that will either define us as humans mm-hmm. or it's going to redefine us as humans. Mm-hmm. And that choice is going to be made by many aspects and most importantly, how you navigate it. Yeah. You know, what's in your heart, what's in your mind. If you wake up every day and say, I can't, you won't. Right. And if you wake up every day and say, I can, you will. And having a good support system is crucial. Surround yourself, like the lady said, with people that are like-minded. You know, if, if you want your life to change, what are you going to do today to make that change? Because from minute to minute, you, you you have the ability to change your world. Yeah. And and we get to be the authors of our story. No one else can do that for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually, I really enjoyed the marriage retreat. It was really cool. Marcus and I walked away actually feeling good. Um, And I think Victor and his wife, the couple that ran it, are super inspirational. They're like goals. I mean, they've been married for 31 years. They've had lots of ups and downs and everything, but they're their center is their faith and through that is their love. And it's just, it's really cool to see. But, um, anyway, moving on from that, there was one other thing I wanted to ask y'all when we interview a lot of teen guys, one of the, like one of the questions I am always asking them, even if it's not on the podcast, whatever, if I'm just sitting down with somebody, the question is, what makes a teen guy like what in his mind, what makes, you know, why did you want to join or why did, you know, what is that? But no one ever asked the wives, like what makes you a teen wife? What makes you strong? How would you answer that? I think like my situation, it was pre nine 11. So there was like not that choice of getting out of like, Oh yeah. I don't think I could date someone that does this. It was like, we were already in it. So Mm -hmm. it was like, no, step up and be supportive. So, And one of the things, like, uh, you know, I, I have been approached, but, you know, they, they asked me, you know, uh, I think it's just being with somebody that has, like, we were talking the same values and the same love for our country, you know? Like, I didn't marry Danny and I didn't marry DJ because they were team guys. Mm-hmm. I married them for the man they are. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what attracted me to them, their passion, their love for their country, um, their commitment, their persistent, their personality. Um, they are very unique individuals and they have similar characteristics, but I feel like I, you know... Again, I, I didn't marry the uniform. I married who they were. So I think a lot of those characteristics that they have attract some of the women because, you know, and I wouldn't say what makes a team wife, but what makes a woman get attracted to somebody like that, it's because the, the strong, like their personality, their love, again, for the country and everything. If you have those similar values, like it's just, it's a match, you know. You also need to be strong, you know. So a lot of these women... Most of them are very strong. Like, yeah. they're gone a lot. They're well, you're doing, in a you know, unique situation because you're a dad. Yeah, he too. But I see my dad came into my life, though. He's my stepdad, but he came into my life when I was already 17. Oh, so, he, you were older. Okay. I was a little older. So I didn't really know a lot about, even though he was in, I didn't know about that life, you know. Yeah. I, I was already an adult. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with it. But my point is, is like, you know, I, you know when you look around this room – um, you see very, and, and it's not just saying it, you see very strong women mm-hmm. because they had to stay back. Mm-hmm. They had to take care of the household. You don't have time to sit down and cry. You don't have time to be upset because the car is not working or, yeah. you know, you're struggling with three, four kids or whatever the case may be because your husband's out fighting and protecting this country. So you have to be home and somebody needs to take care of everything. So you don't have a choice. Yeah. So you have to be strong. You have to be very confident. You have to, you know, be loving. You have to be everything. So a lot of that's what you, when you look at us, and I'm sure you see it as as a wife, you know, Mm -hmm. that you look at us and you're like, I can see the similarities of our personalities, you know, matching with each other because we have all that in common, you know? Yeah. Um, Just same like them. Um, I, I see that like everybody that I meet in the community, 
the women are just as strong as the men. And I think that's what makes a team wife is someone that is super confident in themselves and that can hold a household down, that can take care of their kid, like someone that just, they won't break. They don't need reassurance from their man to, you know, if they're, does my butt look big or does my, you know, like they don't need someone to tell them who they are. Mm -hmm. They know it. Mm -hmm. And they know it's like that question going back to the question of, do you know your value? It's almost like every wife that I have met, they do know their value. And that's what makes, you know, a woman part of this community is just a confident, strong, beautiful, inside and out woman. And it proves it with y'all in here. And I think the strength comes even not just being married, but just when they retire, your role still continues. Well, and yeah. sometimes it's it's a different chapter. Even harder. It's it's it an even harder. harder role, you know. Um so you're in it even after twenty years. I mean they're after trying they to still get find out. themselves. And um and, and like again, these guys are in since some of them seventeen, eighteen, and they're doing this their entire life. And it's a hard life and they're broken. And they age. I mean, it's just insane what this job does. They love it. We support them, but when they come out, um, they're completely changed. And so we're going through it with them, and then they get out, and then our job continues uh, in a it's different role. It's almost like it starts and, well, over. It's, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. different role. Yeah. Yeah. You have a different role now. Like, you have to be the healer. You have to be there. You have to be their pickup mm-hmm. when they're down. You know? you, you I mean, it's just, it's, I think, harder <laughs> I do too because I think there's. when it's in, because when it's in, the teams and the guys take care of them, right? Well, there's like a You're not around them that much because they're always gone. I feel like that's part of the um, reason that they are broken. Yeah. It's because they're. They met. They they help. Yeah. They help each other and they egg each other, right? And I always used to tell them, like, you know, you have one body. That's all you have. You have one shell. You got to baby it. You got to. You know, if something breaks, you got to fix it. And that just doesn't happen, you know, because yeah. if you if you stay behind and you fix it, then you miss the next deployment and then you're not doing your role. You know, it's just that personality that they have. So then, like I said, I mean, uh, the aftermath is it's even a different role. And I think for a lot of us, a harder role. Um, and um, but we go through it, you know, and I, I wouldn't change it. You know, and none, none, and anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. You know, um, so, so. But it yeah, is so. hard, and that's the one thing. That, like that's the life I know is. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know the, yeah. the, the I know the, the uh-huh. life after active duty, and it is it is very hard. I didn't deal with deployments. I didn't deal with that. Um, I didn't deal with the first chapter, but I am dealing with the healing part and, and that sometimes can be harder because is, yeah. they're trying to find their new identity because they don't have someone there to tell them what they're going to be doing next and mm-hmm. you know and, and they're not what, doing what they love exactly anymore. Right. and so. so now they're trying to figure out well do I want to do this or do I want to do that and and and, and they're so of, capable yeah they're trying to figure out who they are now the new them but on top of that with all their health issues. Exactly. You know, well, and it's own. hard for them to... So it's, it's just hard. Like I said, like I think when they're in, they have a structure and they're mm-hmm. literally on the go, go, go. And now it's like when things slow down... Well, they're um, told what to do. And yeah. now they 
don't have like an actual role or a position in life. I mean, I try so to So now they need to, to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's he ain't listening. Yeah. He ain't listening to me. I mean, I tell There's him. There's the list. That's <laughs> yeah. what Mark Here's your daily thing. Like now, you know, you're excited. You're like, oh, yes, this is great. Now, Isn't it you like Mr. Handyman? You know, take the cash out, pick the dog poop. I'm all happy about it. No. Oh, no. Doesn't like, do, it doesn't happen it's, like that. You know, nope. I'll put the to-do list. I'm like, this is what I need to fix. And now you're scratching off the um, chores. You're yeah. like, oh, I just or, picked or up no, the poop. no, I have to hire somebody. I'm like, hey, Mark, can you come and fix this? Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be like, yeah, I got it. I'll, I'll get it fixed. And it'll literally stay there for like a month. I'm like... All right, Amen. it's time to call Mark. <laughs> yep. like, Mark. Can you come over? Um, I might need Mark's number. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mark. Mark is my handyman. Oh, we need Mark. Yeah. Oh, He's my God. You need to share Mark's number. But, well, um, and it's yeah. their bodies, like, if you look at them, they look super fit. And but they're so broken mm-hmm. inside, like, physically. It's just a shell. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, DJ looks like a beast, but he's been electrocuted. He's had a broken shoulder. He's had all these different surgeries. He's been blown up. He's he been blown up. I mean, he has a lot of so many different injuries. On. Yeah, and you but would you, never tell though. No, you would but, never tell. You look at him, and he looks like literally what you would think like a superhero. Like, like they yeah, drew like him the in a piece of like Captain America. America. Yeah. Captain America. <laughs> He's like DJ's so head's getting bigger. But you know, like he's fit. He's still, yeah. you know, but he wasn't like that. I mean, he, I mean, you guys heard it in the podcast. Like he went through a really, really dark time while he was in towards the end. Um, just with all the pain and masking it and not accepting the fact that he would, he, it was time for him to retire, you know, and that was a hard, and he lost so much weight. I mean, he was in a, in a, in a time that was really, really dark and I was starting to get worried, but he, um, Thankfully, you know, there was a lot of things in place. He got well, and then he just got focused on going to the gym. And so he wakes up at 4, and this is a true story. Every day, I'm like, can we not wake up and put the alarm at 4? Please let me sleep in a little bit. Because <laughs> once I'm awake, I'm awake. But every morning, he's very structured. And I think it's that whole military, like, he yep. still wants to feel like he has a routine. And, so like, he has I was to go someplace. To, you know, my friend over here, um, you know, her husband does the same thing. I mean, at 4 a.m., he wakes up. Oh he goes God. have his coffee. Same here. Um, so he goes have mine. his little coffee. He sits down, checks his Instagram. <laughs> then he puts his little tank top and he goes to the gym. <laughs> he does his he workout. He does have a tank top. Yeah, he does. He goes to do his workout. He comes home, takes a shower. I mean, it's a routine for him. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. But, you know, it took a while for him to get back to where you saw him. You know, yeah. he looks great. You he know, and, and that's why I don't, I don't encourage it, like waking up at four, because I know that he was in a really dark place. So if, if the worst is waking up at 4 a.m., then it is, you know. But, I feel like um, the guys thrive on routine and, like what you said, just know, being told what to do. That was one of the things in our marriage, just a learning curve. You know, I used to be like, well, what, what do you want to do? And that was one of the worst questions I could ask because he just wants to be told what to do. He doesn't care what we do. He doesn't care we're, what we're having for, di- for dinner. He just wants me to tell him what it is or what to cook or if I have instruction, I just need to give it to him. It took me, we've been married for almost 10 years. So it's, um, it's taken a long time, but I finally am like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be bossy. Let me be bossy. Maybe that's what we all have in common. Yeah, yeah. 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 maybe that's uh, 
Definitely time. all very bossy. Yeah. <laughs> Type A bossy. Exactly. Sassy. I just say assertive. Yeah. yeah. Assertive. <laughs> direct. I'm very direct. Yeah. They're, they're very resilient. Than... You know, they're yeah. always having to um, be reactive for a very long period of their life. They were taught to be reactive and to, you know, put on the back burners, the emotion, and go out there and do the job that this country needed. And that was protecting our, our well-being and protecting the well-being of those who can't protect themselves. And our job, in turn, was to protect them, Yeah. to make sure that we're being resilient and that we're being able to be proactive. Because at the end of the day, there's 1% protecting the other 99 in this country. Okay, so we we at the home front have also a very important role. And military spouses, um, they're not at the forefront. Not neither are our, our warriors for that, you know, to be quite frank. They don't they don't do it for money, they don't do it for fame, they don't do it for accolades. Um, they go out there and they do it for a greater cause. They're fighting evil. And we have a cause and, and, and something that we believe in, and that's our men and our families in this country. So we have to learn to be extremely resilient, and we have to learn to be able to be reactive. Yeah. You know, we, some, for most of us, we came into this before the war, you know, so our lives were very different. And then the war broke out, and the war is still going on. Yeah. And even though most of this country is not affected by it, the 1% is very much affected by it. Well, and you have, you know, our past president getting up saying, oh, the war's over, everybody's going home, and you, you know, you see it on the news. If your family's not in the military, then you, you think everything's that. over. You think it's all done, but we still have friends deploying, or husbands, or, you know, whatever. Like, when uh, we did a big care package drive over Christmas, people were asking wait, are people still deploying? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> there are still people deploying. I mean, even if there's not a war, people are still deploying. But yes, there is still an active when war. People are still dying. Yeah, people are still dying for our country. So yes, this is still happening. Just because you saw, you know, someone say it on the news, and then now you see all the women in the State of the Union wearing white, sitting over there taking selfies and and mocking, you know, what our husbands did or do currently. And um, it's definitely hurtful. And I feel like if, if women like y'all that are in here could be in front of those women and just say, look, if you're all about women empowerment, let's talk, sister, because this is not how it's supposed to go. This is yeah, this it, it doesn't matter if they, they don't agree with the president. He's our president. Yeah. Respect him. And that was not the time or place to do that stuff. You yeah. know, if you want to make a point and, and show the disrespect, that was do it not on your the own place. time. Right. That was the wrong time to do that because that was a very powerful message. Regardless if you don't like him or not, you know, yeah. that was a very powerful message and it had a lot of military I mean it was a, a, a very, very inspiring and he was honoring a lot of amazing people so for them to kind of do that I mean it to us it was a slap in our face you know like yeah well I mean I didn't like I didn't agree with our last president but I, I didn't get on you know social media and be like hey this you know cut his head off and you know the stuff that they 
do now to And ours, make fun which... of the supporters of the president. Right. That's what, like, irritates me. Like, just because I support them doesn't mean I'm stupid and I don't, I yeah, don't know what I'm talking Yeah, uneducated, Uneducated, whatever. Redneck. Like, you don't know me. Yeah. And what's wrong with being a redneck? I'm Nothing not. wrong with being a redneck. <laughs> Yeehaw. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're all Americans. We're all Americans. Yes. Right. Like, we need to get back to that. We're all Americans. Regardless, we can agree to disagree, right. but we're, at the end of the day, we're all Americans. And I think what's disheartening, when you buried your loved one in the name of freedom, in the name of everything that this country stands for, and you see that our own politicians can't, sit in a room together and do what's best for the greater good when our soldiers are going out there and dying for us as, as a military spouse, that's extremely disheartening. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't run our families the way that, that this country is run because well, they're, so, um, they're, they're so detached from what real America is like and what the real American person is. I mean, they don't live the way that we live. You know, they, you know, live in these nice houses and have millions of dollars. We, we don't have the things that they have. They're so they have the detached. wall around their house. Yes. And they don't need it on our borders. They don't need it anywhere else because they're protected in their home. And that's all that matters to them. People only, like, react when they're directly affected. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, thank you all so much for yeah. doing this. Thank We're going to get back to go thank and have you. fun. Thank you. Yes. Okay. We're out. What's up, everybody? Time for a listener story. If you guys have never listened to the show before, you might not know what this segment is. Every single week, we share a write-in listener story from you guys, our audience. If you never knew about this and you want to share your story, or maybe you've thought about sharing your story, but you've maybe just not had the courage or maybe the time or whatever, these stories are super impactful, not just to us, but to the whole community, this team that we that we've, we've created, and, and it's important that we share our stories to inspire others to never quit. So head over to teamneverquit.com slash podcast, share your story at the top in the navigation. That's where you can read stories, share stories, get inspired, create a community there. We love it when you guys do it. So today's story comes from Scott, and Scott's story is titled My Lies. Let's jump in. This is harder to write than I realized. Last month, one of my best friends passed away. He was 27 and left two little girls, a wife, and missed meeting his son's birth by two days. That was very hard on everyone because he was deeply loved. I temporarily took over running his company until his wife was ready to step into his shoes after only three weeks. She never quits. Then a few days ago, my girlfriend of four years left me. I lied to her and it was my fault. I have lied before to her in the past and always was caught. I lied because I was terrified of telling her the truth and hurting her when all I did was hurt her more. The woman I love, I hurt. I tried to say sorry, but I just started to lie. My father and brother have always been the best men I know. I opened up after it and talked to them and was completely honest with them. I don't know where this started when I decided to lie and not be honest. I'm a Marine and have always been very proud of that each night before bed and boot camp, we would scream out, honor, courage, commitment. I don't know when I lost that, but I've reached out to seek help and go to counseling. I have not been honorable or courageous or committed except to work, but I know I haven't been a good man the last year. But I am a good man, and with help, I'll gain my honor back, be courageous again, and commit to the things that I care about once more. I'm 33 and have been to the shittiest places you could deploy to, but my on-home scares me the most, and I can't even trust myself. I guess in closing, I'll say I've listened to every episode you guys have ever had, and I know I won't quit. 
I can't quit. I have to find myself again, and you guys and your guests have been very helpful. Thank you. Semper Fidelis. P.S. My brother John is a squid also, had a great career and did very well in the Navy, and turned me on to this show. Thank you, Scott. Melanie, what an incredible interview with those ladies. That was that was emotional. So when we went into this, because we're here doing this retreat, and not really like a formal retreat, but just the girls getting together. Time I see them, it's time where it was just us ladies hanging out and um, not really for any purpose other than sisterhood. And so when we decided to do the podcast, we were like, let's keep it light. Let's not cry. Let's not make it super sad. And of course, you know, like always, I bawl my eyes out. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> and um, yeah, it ended up getting super emotional, but uh, but I think it was really good. And um, I love that this platform gives them a voice and others can hear their passion and just a little bit from them. Yeah. And it seems like I'm sure there's a lot of women and ladies holding the house down right now with all that's going on. And so I think just like to be able to hear the voices from all these really powerful and strong women that have had to like really take on that role more than anyone has ever seen. Uh, it's just encouraging to all of our team never quit listeners, how, how important the ladies in our lives are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I've done more laundry and dishes in the last four weeks than I've ever done. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes and you need to make sure you subscribe to the show, you can press the purple subscribe button on Apple podcasts or any other major podcast player to be notified the moment we release new episodes. Follow us on social media. You can follow team never quit at team underscore never quit. Morgan Luttrell at Mojo Luttrell, Marcus Luttrell, Marcus Luttrell. Melanie Luttrell at Melanie Luttrell and me at Andrew Brockenbush. Thanks for checking back. Thanks for always listening to the episode. Stay safe, stay healthy. See you guys next week. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs>